Hello and welcome to Colin Bradley Artcast. I'm Stephen Bradley. And I'm Colin Bradley. How you doing, Dad? I'm all right, Steve. Thank you. Nice to see you again. Yes, yes. All settling in really nicely. We're in this new place now. Um, yeah, feeling yeah. feeling a lot more like home. Um, I bet it is. Yeah, really starting to explore the area and and everything like that. And um, cats yeah, are loving um, it. I don't know. I imagine. Yeah, cats are loving it. Cats are out now exploring uh, the area. They uh, yeah, they love it. Yeah, they love it. They went out um, a few days ago and. Um, the cat flaps installed so they're just whizzing in and out but they have such a like it's not a massive house but they have because they have a, a house and the last place was quite small um mm. they you know they have multiple rooms they can go in and out of and sleep in so they're actually not out as much as i thought you know keeping them in for so long you know acclimatized them to their new home and i think they mm. they really like it <laughs> they're kind of not venturing too far that's good though isn't it uh, it, it obviously proves it's right keeping them that two weeks um, is a very important I don't know whether it was it's always been like that um, I can't remember years and years ago when it started out but it's a very good good system because as you say the cats get used to what their um, their living environment and they know when they're well off hmm. so, uh, yeah they get the best of both worlds really don't they yeah I think the advice that I saw online and our friends did was like two to three weeks and we did about two and a half weeks and right. um, it was really interesting seeing them adjust in that time mm. um, to to the place and so um, yeah they, they went out and uh, yeah they absolutely love it but they equally love staying in now <laughs> and especially with so much rain we've been having they've not wanted to go out. <laughs> and winter time of course is going to make a bit of difference. And they'll, they'll go out for what they want to go out for and then they'll they'll shoot back in again especially yeah. when the snow's on the ground and you you get snow up that way um probably yeah. because you're on higher ground you probably get a bit more than usual hmm. anyway i find out we will we will how have you been how's your week been uh, very well yes again out and about working again, finished the picture, as you know, and uh, that turned out well. Started another one. I've gone on the tact of um, wild animals again for a little while, just for a, a, a few pictures and then I'll revert back. Uh, it's nice to make a change, but it's also nice to come back to the animal world. And, but uh, no, everything's fine. Um, um, we've got people coming down to see us in a couple of weeks and I expect we'll see you in a couple of weeks so, and we'll come up and see you in a couple of weeks so uh, quite a lot going on at the moment with the other family yeah. as well we've got birthdays and 40ths coming up and all sorts of things oh, plenty to keep us busy lovely really lovely so we've got uh, one question we'll uh discuss first and then we will move on to showing this finished picture so let's start with the first question which is from Jackie and Jackie says can the clouds um so this is I should give context here this is on your um colored pencil landscape uh class which is the free class that is on YouTube mm. and uh this comment has come from YouTube and Jackie says uh, he says, can the clouds be done any other way if you don't have solvent? This is brilliant as I'm new to coloured pencils and even with watercolour, clouds are the hardest part of a landscape. 
so Jackie, he's he's doing the uh, the watercolor, uh, the coloured pencil landscape with the clouds, mm. and obviously, mm. if people aren't familiar with your technique of using the solvent to emulsify the uh, blue uh, in the sky uh, and use that, uh, and you have a little technique in that you wait for it to sort of dry a little bit so that it, mm. it creates a nice texture. Um, obviously, if you don't have solvent, can you can you still get a similar effect? Or is there any other way of doing it? No, you can't. Not the same way, because um, the, the, the coloured pencil, by its very nature, is a bit like graphic, graphite, really. But with graphite, you can blend with your finger. Coloured pencil's not so easy to do that. Uh, so I did have a, a difficulty when I first started. I thought, how do I get the clouds working, looking like they did? I, I hadn't really used coloured pencils very much at all, uh, so I, I wasn't familiar with the techniques. But I checked on YouTube and saw a few people using the solvent. Oh, that might work. And then did my own thing, really, and uh, it worked really, really well. But to do that without the solvent, no, I think it's going to be pretty hard to get the smoothness, Steve. And the other way I do it, as you know, is you, you put the white on and then you put the blue and the other colours you want into it. And then you use your finger once it starts to dry off, as you said. But you've got to, you've got to time that right because if you do it too soon, it's just too wet. Do it too late and you've got to start putting more solvent on. So you've got to time it. But once again, it's the old uh, adage of... Practice on spare paper. Best thing, that's how I did it. I did lots of, you know, uh, practicing with the uh, spare paper system. And that's how I got it to perfection. Hmm. You described, I think, before as the solvent being tacky when you try and sort of, um, mm. it's sort of almost sticky a little bit when you touch it. And that's sort of when it's starting to turn and you, you know, That's ideally right. want to get it, get it just mm -hmm. kind of before that. But um, I suppose by practicing on spare paper, you get to understand. Um, Absolutely, you've got to. The, you, the this is why I say you've got to practice on on spare paper. Exactly what I did. I mean, I when I first did it, I, it was too wet, and I thought, well, that's not going to work. And then I left it a bit longer, and then I tried it again. It was too dry, and that's not going to work. I had to find that happy medium. And, uh, but you will eventually do it. And once you've, once you've cracked it, that's it. You know, it, it all changes. And you can put the, um, the white back into it again. Because what uh, the next question would be, what if you lose the edges of the, what, the clouds and you, you can't um, uh, bring them back? Well, you can bring them back. Because once it's still that tackiness, you can then put the white back in again. And it picks up very well. So it, it, it's... As you can see with my demonstration, it works really well. I haven't done coloured pencils for a while and I really must think about having another go at them. I have so many things, as you know, Steve, that, you know, what do I do next? And I do love the coloured, uh, the pastel pencils. Mm, mm, absolutely. Well, that leads us nicely on. And uh, thank you, Jackie, for the question. I hope that's helped. Uh, since that question and, and since other emails I've sent with Jackie, he has actually joined as a member of uh of the website so there's, 
there's a lot of uh, a lot of pictures that are now classes that are now available. So uh, Jackie, if you're if you're listening and watching this, um, I hope you enjoy all that the membership has to offer. Let's um, let's move on, as you say, to the pastel pencil pictures and the wild animals that you're that you're working on mostly now. And this, um, I didn't realise this was a mandrill that you you sent this put to me and said that the mandrill. Uh, so I didn't actually know. I, I had to try and Google what this was. That <laughs> just got as far as baboon. It's like a, a type of baboon, a species. And um, mm. and here it is. Here's the finished picture. So um, that has has come out wonderfully, Dad. Obviously, last week we saw that you'd uh, you'd done a lot of the face uh, and working on the surround, and you hadn't quite finished finished off the mouth. Um, but uh, yeah, wow. And and the rope, especially, I was really looking forward to seeing you do that. And and my eyes are drawn to the rope and the hands, um, specifically because that does look tricky. So let's let's start on that. How did you find that area? Uh, I knew it was going to be a bit tricky. It's a question of of working out what you do first. Do you do the rope before the background, or the background before the rope? And uh, it's a bit of sum and sum, really. But. I, people see it when they see uh, the picture. You see, actually, you've got to draw the rope in, you know, and not just use it in um, your graphite. You've got to use, I was using 175. Very lightly, don't overdo it. Draw the rope in so you've got the, um, the setup. And then once you've done that, you can then bring the, in this case, it's the fur on the animal, uh, it's got to come in and come out the other side of it. Uh, that, again, it's not easy to do, but as you can see, it does work really, really well. And it's best really to wait and, for people to wait and see how I do it rather than try to explain it all. Um, the hands are not so bad. They, uh, But what I did find with the hands, and when I saw the the reference picture, the hands on the arms were a distinct different colour tone to the body. And whilst I normally I say, well, OK, do what you see. But I couldn't in this case because it needed some link. And I was a bit bemused as to how I was going to get that. But So if you're looking at the, um, the, the fur on the body, you're looking at the greys. Obviously, you're looking at greys and... Um, Blacks, uh, one set one eight one was a, a major contributor to that, and then you're looking at the hands, and and the main uh, area there would be the browns, and browns and the one eight ones and Payne's greys don't necessarily like each other too much. They don't go that well, so I thought, well, I, I know this, but I couldn't change either. So what I did. I did the hands um, and the arms, and then I added one seven six, which is a brown. But it's not a it's a it's a bit like one seven five. It's it's not quite as red a brown as uh, some of the browns are. So I used that, and that seemed to work really well. So having done the hands and the arms using that, I then put some of that colour into the um, the background, you can, you can actually see it. I can because I know what I'm looking at. So I actually put the 175 and the 176 into the 
um, dark fur. Uh, and again, I put some of the... Um, I don't know whether I use 181, I certainly use grey, 233 grey, in the arms and hands. So what I was trying to do, and succeeded in doing, is linking the two together. I can see that as well. I can see that with um, specifically the, uh, as we're looking at the mandrel on the left side, um, above the the sort of forearm where the fur just comes, which is another part of I was going to pick up on, the fur just goes over. Um, you've you've definitely got that brownish tin mm. in there. Um, mm. And that's when you started talking about it, my eyes immediately went to that area and thinking, oh, yes, I can see that. And I think if you didn't have that in there, that would look quite, um, like, different. It wouldn't look, it, it would look a bit odd, wouldn't it? It would do, yes. I mean, in photographs, when you see a photograph, it's always what you see and uh, no one can argue with you. But when you've got an artistic impression of that, you can, people can argue with you and say, oh, I don't know whether you've got that quite right. It doesn't quite right to me. So you've got to, you've got to work quite hard in trying to organise and sort that out. Uh, but it, it, it worked really well. So, I mean, once, you, once you've done a few of these, you, you understand them better. And uh, but that was a, and what what the, his arm is doing is is close to his body and is pushing up that that fur from the body. Um, it, 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 it makes the picture a lot more realistic hmm. when you start to see how the fur behaves on, on the picture, not just straight down on the body, but its behaviour through motion. It's it and adds an element of realism for that's sure right. that's right yeah uh, but um you were talking about the rope well what i found on uh, certainly on the photo on the photograph or the picture that you can see in your on your screen and on the video which i watched back it does look three-dimensional quite amazing how it, it looks as it's, it's actually coming out of the paper it's quite amazing that i don't quite know why that is except the it's it's always to do with the shadows and the, um, the way you 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 contrast the um, the different tones, uh, but that was that was something that I you can imagine when I said to you last week uh, that's what attracted me. One of the things that attracted me was the was the what he was doing, and we know it's a he by the way because Ricky pointed that out to me. It, it, what he was doing, and uh, he was I don't know quite what he's actually doing but he's playing with the rope which is lovely and that gave it uh meaning it gave it just a little bit more than just a, a very pretty attractive picture but it it was it is quite hard i did say last week it's it's between intermediate and advanced and i think we're going to have to stick to that but i'd like people to try it but i i put the um orangutan didn't i as an advanced picture well, people did it and did it very well, so I'm sure that they will be able to do this. One of the things I have found, when you've got lots of colour, you've got, you imagine all the, uh, the mouth and the nose and the uh, eyes, there's all lots and lots of tones in that. Once you've got that, it, it's a little easier than just having a plain, uh, plain fur animal, you know, because you've got to make something of it. When you've got those colours, I find it a little bit easier 
you've got sections that you can work on which make it look nice so I, I, but generally no I was very pleased with the way it turned out mm, yeah and you mentioned the colors of the um the hands and how those those differ quite a lot from the rest of the picture um mm. but there's the interesting part about that section for me is the texture about the the texture of the fur on that and it's actually a very interesting animal when you you, you take into account all of the the us talking about it over the last couple of weeks um how they have such different parts to them and, and the different textures and furs and and it, you know it's quite a complex animal to get right in terms of drawing it um and so that that fur on the hands that looks different to other aspects of the picture as well. So it feels like this is quite complex in terms of its, its varying um, textures and techniques mm. to get these key well, areas right. If you hadn't seen the original photograph, you, you could question that and say, is that right? Does that actually look like that? But it does. I've, I've reproduced that almost exactly as the photograph um, depicted. And I found it quite simple to do as long as you get the colors right it wasn't hard to do and mainly because it was a pastomat paper you know that that kind of helps you because you just drag your your pencil across it and it seems to produce that kind of effect for you if you're looking for that but of course if you're looking at the top of the head right at the top of the head it's very similar color to the to the hands and uh, arms so you are looking at you can see that there is um that colour is in the animal. Uh, and I, I use a lot of the colours in the uh, arms and the hands that I had actually used in the top of the head. So, uh, it, uh, but very attractive. And it's, it's, it looks wonderful. It looks really, really great. And I was going to say that the choice of background colour seems to really complement it as well. And and normally, you know, it's green that is within the picture, but there's there's no green in this animal. You know. No. <laughs> well, I, that... I, well, I cheated there because I used the actual colour that was in the photograph. Uh, uh, okay. So, I I couldn't really go wrong as long as I used the colour and stuck to that. I was quite surprised because I was using a a greeny blue, very attractive as a Caran d'Ache colour. I can't remember the the, uh, the colour number. But I hadn't really used it before. I can't remember using it before. Uh, and this is where Caran d'Ache comes into its own in some of the particular um, things I've done. You can reproduce it. You could reproduce that with Faber pencils and Carmen uh, colour. You just have to pick two or three colours to get it. You wouldn't actually get the actual colour. Um, a little bit of blue, a little bit of green, bluey green and mixing together. But you could do it. As I've said, it's not really a problem uh, now. If you haven't got the Caran d'Ache pencil, uh, then, and I, whether it's worth buying it just for doing this one picture where you may not have to name it, use it again, I don't know. Uh, people have to decide on that. But those colours that I use are very, very nice, very attractive, and it stood out really well. As I said last week, it it's obviously in an enclosure. I don't think they have ropes like that in the jungle. I do. Don't know. But 
so he's, he's in, he was in an enclosure of some kind, I think, when the photograph was taken. So I had to think, well, I'd have to, a background, as long as it doesn't depict a jungle as such, then uh, I'd, I'm safe. Be pretty safe anyway when you've mm. got a big photograph like this. And I suppose that, that those cooler colours, they, you know, they harmonise with the Payne's grey that's in the actual fur of the animal. Mm. You know that mm. cooler tones, um, especially on the left-hand side as well, and even mm. in the bottom right and the bottom left, where it is more bluey. Um, you know, you get that harmony across across the subject in the background. So that's right. Yeah. Oh, yes, it 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 works. And I don't know, you you would never have seen the original photograph, but you will on the video. And it was quite light at the top. It had that colour halfway down, and then to the bottom. But above the head and around where the ears are, it, there was a lot of light. And I was thought, shall I use it? But I don't think it would have worked. It, 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 continuing that that greeny, bluey green up right to the top was was a good to sing decision to make. After all, you you're, you are trying to enhance your um, artwork and your animal. So... Uh, you've got to do everything you can to do that, but it's not good. Absolutely. It's lovely though. So yeah, uh, it's a good picture. On. It's a good one. It's a good one. Well done, Dad. Looks great. Um, so, what are you working on next? You mentioned another wild animal. Yes, I'm, I've got two lined up. So the idea is that at the moment I will be doing both of these. One I've done a few times before, but uh, I couldn't resist doing it again uh, but another one I haven't done at all so like the mandrill hadn't done that before this next one I have and the one after that I haven't so it's another new one I like to mix and match a bit you know but it, there's not a lot of animals now that uh, I can pick that I want to do I mean I've got alligators and uh, and, uh, and all that, that sort of thing, but I, I don't really don't fancy doing that. One of them, or the crocodiles, it doesn't doesn't appeal to me. I think the the, the appeal is to this kind of animal and uh, colourful and lovable and not so lovable ones, but very attractive. <laughs> <laughs> fantastic, fantastic! Oh, I look forward to to hearing more about that next week. Um, we have. Uh, this week uploaded another class so the white kitten the the bermilla i believe is it bermilla bermilla yes it's bermilla um i'm just watching that funny enough steve back at the moment and uh i love the eyes i think they are gorgeous i was yeah. going to make a suggestion maybe one of those eyes could go on to youtube it's it's so striking mm. and quite simple you know as long as you're as long as you're careful with the um, um, pencils, make sure they're sharp and mm. follow the line drawing, you know, be, be quite particular. But uh, it, it's stunning how it came up or it's coming up. Mm. I haven't got very mm. far with it at the moment, but um, I'd like to watch them back if I can. One thing I hadn't, I don't know when I did that, but it was, um, know, was it early this year or, or think, maybe late last maybe. year? I can't don't remember. know. I can't remember. <laughs> no, I can't. It's nice when, is, you've got, uh... when you've got a gap between them. You know, I think, oh, I, I remember doing that. And you can, yeah. 
you know, never mind watching them back. It's when you've got to watch these back, when I've just watched the mandrill back. That's a bit close, you know. I, I, I remember virtually everything I did then. Yeah. Um, but I have to do it to make sure it's, um, it's okay. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So that class, uh, the uh, obviously the mandrill will, will be coming to the site. The the Bermilla cat is is up now for people to watch as part of our membership. Um, if you have anything that you would like us to discuss on the show, then always get in touch with us. Uh, leave a comment or, or email us, um, and we'll discuss it on the next show. Um, but for now, we will wait to hear what Dad's been working on next week, maybe with a work in progress picture, uh, and see how he's getting on. Um, but for now, we'll stop there for this week. So thank you, everyone, for watching and for listening. I'm Stephen Bradley. And I'm Colin Bradley. Enjoy, Enjoy your week. week.